What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Fish Lift Eat Podcast. My name's Casey. Thank you so much for tuning back in with us for another episode today. We got a kind of a kind of a light crew here today. Um, but for those for our listeners that remember back to episode number two, we had Mr. Bailey Stone on from Stonefly Outdoors. So we got him back on today for you know for some follow up and some more good times, some good laughs, I'm sure. So what's up, Bailey? Oh, uh, how are y'all doing tonight? Doing good, man. Glad to have you back yeah. on. Dude, I'm glad to be back on. Alive, awake, alert, enthusiastic. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so uh, let's, let's just go ahead and, and pick up where we left off last time. You know, mm-hmm. we you, you dropped a good little nugget on us. You kind of started a, a trend for us where people were releasing new items and, and baits and, and things of that with, with recent guests that we've had. So... Where are we at on the uh, on the new fly you talked about? I know you were waiting to release it after a, a tournament you had coming up. So tell everybody about how that how that tournament went and a little bit about the fly now that you can go into more detail. All right. So we're going to start with – I had two tournaments two weekends in a row. We're going to start for the very first tournament and then work our way into there. So I got a call um, Wednesday or Thursday before this tournament, the first tournament. From Devin Olson, those that fly fish, Devin Olson runs Technical Fly Fisher. Um, he's on Team USA. I think he's ranked number three in the world right now as far as fly fishing goes. Um, said, hey, there's an open spot, blah, 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 blah. All right, yeah, let's do it. Hell yeah, let's do it. So started the tournament, and the big thing that's on your mind, so – Tournament fly fishing is the most ridiculous thing I've ever done in my life. You know, I take people fishing professionally. I tie flies. I do all of this stuff professionally. And I there I placed 24th out of 24. <laughs> Hell yeah. I, yeah. I caught, I think I caught, I think 17 fish in the whole weekend. Or 13, something like that. But the constellation is that, you know, being around the entirety of Team USA, well, not all of them, but I think it was like 85% of Team USA was there. Um, you know, a lot of these guys, their very first fly fishing tournament, they skunked. And so that was that constellation for me was like, all right, well, I didn't skunk. So I didn't completely suck. <laughs> And, but that was, that was fine with me. You know, it was such a great learning experience. And then, um, got to network with a bunch of great guys, learn a bunch. Cause when you, how it works is that there's four sessions a day. So, you know, session one, two, you take lunch, three and four, uh, one person judges and the other person fishes for the, for each session. So like one day I judged. Um, the first day I judged first, then I fished and then I fished for third session and then judged for fourth session. And then it it changed up the day after. I think it was fish, judge, judge, fish for the last day. Um, anyways, you know, you get to, while you're judging, you get to sit there and watch these. Like I got to judge Devin Olson. You know, I, I got to watch the number three guy in the world or whatever he's numbered at. I got to watch him pick apart a creek 
or river. And you learn so much. And then I judged um, Austin Shoemaker. He's one of the top anglers in the Southeast. I actually think in 21 or 22, he won Southeast Angler of the Year. So I got to see him pick apart this creek. And, you know, it's, it's a very humbling experience, but it's also at that moment in time, you come in, you want to keep your information retention and information taken in wide open. I learned For so sure. much. And uh, so then, like I said, I, I placed dead last, but it's fine. I didn't skunk out and I caught fish. So I'm very happy about that. Fast forward to the next weekend. It was the Casting Carolina's uh, breast cancer tournament. And, uh, or it might just be cancer. But anyways, um, that was a two-man team event. We placed 13th or 12th. I think it was 13th out of 17 teams. So I was really super happy about that. Um, it, was, it was still tough water. We scored a lot of points, but, I mean, it was tough. Um, but, again, it's, I've already noticed that from my very first tournament, my second tournament, I'm already doing better. So that's Absolutely. what I'm excited about is that progression. So. So before we get into talking about the, about the flying and stuff mm -hmm. about that, let's walk me through a little bit just for, for my curiosity here about what a fly fishing tournament, like kind of how that, how that flows, like how is it scored? What are, what are we, what are we targeting? What, like, so, I guess what I'm saying, like, I mean, I'm, I'm used to, you know, I'm used to the bass stuff, right? You know, we blast, blast off at a certain time. We run yep. anywhere on the lake, and we're just trying to bring the the five biggest bass back that we can. Right. Um, right. So, like, what's the? I mean, just just kind of give me like the fly fishing tournament one on one spill here a little bit, just where I can kind of understand what so what it consists how, of. How it's broken up is, let's say this is a two mile stretch of river. We'll call this two mile stretch, and they break it up into like quarter mile sections. So each section is a beat. So the Team USA event, we were fishing two separate rivers, uh, Upper Nantahala and Cherokee General Waters. So half the guys fish that Upper Nantahala section, and it's all draw. You know, you can go on, I think it's flycomps.com, and look for any tournaments going on to see what person, what beat you're fishing, what you're judging, and all that. So they break it up into beats. And you get on the water at, I think it was 7.30 start time or 8 o'clock or 7.45, somewhere in there. It's like, cool, that's when your watch starts. So you go down, you know, you can have your boots in the river, but don't cast. Once that judge says, all right, you're good to go, start fishing. You're targeting trout only. That's the only thing that scores. And for Team USA tournament, it was anything over 180 millimeters or 18 centimeters, uh, which isn't, you know, it's about an eight-inch fish. So how we judged that fish was we had these little troughs. You know, once you catch it, you put it in the trough, squeeze the tail, whatever millimeter mark that was, boom, that's that's what the judge writes it down, what time you caught it, what species, and then that competitor has to initial that card before they can cast again. So it's just anything under 180 doesn't score, toss it back. Anything over 180, you, you count every millimeter of it. So you get two hours at that tournament. You got two hours per beat. 
So you judge for two hours and fish for two hours. You know, those that's two hour sessions. And like I said, there's four sessions a day. So that's how they broke it up. And then, you know, when it came time to judge, um, it's just, it's the total amount of fish. And I think someone, I think there was a big fish maybe, but, um, and then casting Carolinas was set up a little different. That was, um, sorry, Team USA was an hour and a half. And I think casting Carolinas was two hours or vice versa. And um, instead of having that trough to measure the fish in, um, you had a 20 centimeter zip tie and a 40 minute, 40 uh, centimeter zip tie. So any fish that was, you know, 20 centimeters or bigger, you scored uh, 20 points. And any fish over 40, you scored 40 points. Here's the caveat to that. So let's say you hook into a 10 pound rainbow and you spend 15 minutes fighting that fish, you're only going to score 40 points. You know, it doesn't get incrementally bigger. So like, yeah, awesome. You caught a really big fish, but you spent 15 minutes of that time fighting that fish. So that's yeah. 15 minutes. You could have caught two or three, you know, 18 inches that score right at 40. That takes you a minute and a half to get in the net. So it's, it's one of those things that, I mean, granted, you can't really, you can target fish, but you know, try to, to try to pick and choose is tough. And, um, yeah, that's that's how they scored theirs was 20, 20 centimeters and forty centimeters. So, so this is basically though just as many fish as you can catch. It's just a like yep. a your total your total combined length for the day. A cumulative point. Yep. It's kind of similar so, to like what MLF does on the on the Bass Pro Tour right now, like the right. MLF version of the Elite Series. You know, which they went away from it this past season, but then twenty twenty four they're going back to it where every fish counts. Um, right. they usually, they usually put it on, depending on the lake and they'll get with local officials and stuff to determine like a minimum weight. But then it's like every fish you catch over two pounds or, you know, whatever the weight is for that lake, you know, every fish right. counts. And, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of debate that goes on around that, but that's, uh, that's the closest thing I could think of the way you're talking about where it's not, yeah. You know, just targeting big fish or whatever. It's just, it's it's all the combined fish you catch for the day. And that's where, you know, when you're guiding, you want to put your clients on the biggest fish. You know, 99% of the time that client's like, I want to catch a five-pound-plus rainbow. Cool. Yeah. I know exactly where we're going to go. That was the tough transition being my first tournaments is that the water that you normally walk by that's only holding an eight- or ten-inch fish that you never fish, you need to be fishing that because that's a tw that's a twenty point or you know over one hundred eighty millimeters. Those are fish that will count towards your your points. So that was a big. Even now, it's still like when I was fishing that that one the next weekend, it was still getting into that mindset of I have to catch every fish possible. So that's and kind of like there two runs. Yeah, there's two runs. I caught, dude. I caught like fifty fish. But they were only, you know, four to six. Yeah, inches. didn't score. Yeah. Yep. That's kind of almost right opposite to what I've seen. Like some bass guides get into that try to do guiding and tournament fishing, because yeah. like whenever they're taking, say it's a father son or or taking a group out on a guided trip, you know they they want to catch a lot of fish. 
Yeah, I mean right. they want to catch they want to catch big fish, but you know they they seem they feel like they have to keep people on fish all day, you know, just for them to feel like they're getting their money's worth or whatever. So they spend a lot of time trying to find you know big schools of fish, high percentage areas where where fish like to congregate and stuff, and then they'll go try to fish a tournament, and you know you're fishing all day for five bites. I mean, yep. you're catching, you're catching more than that, but you know, you're, you're scoring your best five bites. So they might go out and catch a hundred fish and then somebody else went up the river and caught six fish all day, but they weighed twice as much as what right. the other guy had just because, you know, he, he hasn't spent his time on the water looking for big fish. He's, he's on the water probably more than me and anybody else. The guide is, yep. but you know, he's trying to make his clients happy and stuff like that. So there's kind of that, exactly. that, you know, that, that mindset between, between guiding and, um, and tournament style fishing that, yeah. that always kind of, you always got to try to find that fine line. Now there's some guys I know like Emil Wagner that won the, uh, the, um, MLF all American this year. He's just an absolute hammer, but he's, he guides on all the lakes up here. I mean, he stays yeah. on the water and then, but he also wins everything up here too. Um, so, I mean, you know, there, there's the advantage of being on the water, you know, it, as much time as guys like that spend, you know, guys like you that guide, but being able to kind of flip that switch from, you know, pleasing a customer to trying to win a tournament, that, that can get a little dicey sometimes. It's tough. It's tough. Because it goes against everything that you do every day. Yeah. You know, so, yeah, it was. T- it's, I learned a lot, though. I'm glad I did it. Uh, I'm going to try to do five to 10 tournaments next year. So even if I got to travel for them, I'm going to, I'm going to try to do five or 10 tournaments next year. That's awesome. Yeah. Definitely keep us posted on that. Cause that's when you start talking about tournament fishing and, you know, just the competitiveness of it, that's where, that's where you pique my interest. I'm all about, you know, anything to do with competitive. That's why, like, I guess I love tournament fishing so much because I was just wired insanely competitive and yep. I've just, I've always loved bass fishing. So when I was able to put those two things together, it was just game on. Was like I, yep. I care about, I care about nothing else now. Yep. Yep. So that's cool. So, but yeah, it was fun. I'm glad I did. Well, did your, uh, did your top secret fly have an impact yeah. on these tournaments? It did. It did. I mean, tell, a lot tell of us a little bit about that fly. So it's, I guess I'll officially drop the name. It's, it's called, we called it the Bonzo. Um, the reason we came up with the Bonzo is I'm a big Led Zeppelin fan. And the owner of the fly shop that I work at is a drummer. So John Bonham's nickname was Bonzo. Yeah. And I, I was, I had been watching a Led Zeppelin documentary when we were trying to come up with a name. And I was like, dude, let's just call it the Bonzo. And he's just like, yep, that's it. So, That's awesome. uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't use it much. Um, I was having a lot of luck with another one of my patterns, so I didn't really switch over to it, but yeah. everyone else used it and they did very well. So, um, it's become one of our guide choice. Like they're not hitting, throw the Bonzo on. Yeah. So well, I know for a guy like me that doesn't really know, know a lot about like the difference between flies and stuff like that. I know yeah. those pictures you sent me. You know, whenever whenever you were dropping it and all that, they I mean it looks freaking sweet. <laughs> I mean if, yeah, if nothing yeah. else, I know the I know you got it up on your on your socials there, so definitely Not yet. No, you know, I actually haven't posted it yet. 
That's not it. No. Oh, oops. No, I'm dropping a bomb on you. I, I guess it was I in, the, in the message I saw. Yeah, the Lucy and the LSD are the two that I just posted. No, um, I'm actually dropping... Just kidding. To go along with the episode, I'm going to drop on Stonefly Outdoors on Instagram. I'm going to post the uh, Bonzo, the first pictures of it. Okay. So well. I'll make sure I do that so we can get it out in the world and be free <laughs> we can edit right. that out if we need to i thought that was the oh, i guess no. i'm just i guess i'm remembering the the messages that you sent us the the pictures yeah. of it yeah my bad. So, oh it's, it, it's it's fine with me we're just we're just still t- teasing the teasing the audience there you go <laughs> so every time yeah, we, every time we have bailey on we gotta have something to make them want to come back for right right yeah, so at the posting of this, whenever this is posted, the pictures will be up. Awesome. Yeah. So y'all so, heard that. So let's just go ahead and while we're there, tell them, tell them where it's going to be at on your socials. Uh, Instagram at Stonefly Outdoors. Uh, Facebook at Stonefly Outdoors. I'll post a picture of it on TikTok at Stonefly Outdoors. So it's it's going to be everywhere. We're not we're not selling it yet. We're going to be soon. Um, I got to catch up on like two orders and then I'm gonna start cranking them out. So we'll start putting so, them out. And there's actually a friend of mine is out in Colorado right now. And, um, they have a f- like half a dozen and they're going on a guided trip tomorrow. And I'm like, Hey, see if the guide will throw it. So hopefully they'll catch a nice big trout out in Colorado with that thing. Did you some good pictures of it? Yep. Yep. So you know. Some of our Fingers listeners crossed. out there, you know, this might be, you know, if you got that fly fisher in your family, you know, Christmas is coming up. Yep. I'm get, actually going to be dropping, I'm dropping get boxes. Get you some Stonefly exclusives. Yep. I'm dropping some boxes here in the next couple of weeks with, uh, it'll be, all the information will be on the socials, but there's going to be 40 flies in each box. Going to be selling for the holidays and none of them are tied by anybody but me. So there'll be small silicone boxes hold there's 40 flies in it the boxes hold like 90 or 84 flies so they'll be posted up ready to sell here in about two weeks and he guarantees that you'll catch your pb fish with it sure why not (laughs) (laughs) might as well you never know what you'll catch that day no hey that's awesome you know i'm I'm excited to see that that stuff get dropped there you go, oh, man. man. You got to risk it to get the biscuit sometimes, you know? Always, always, man. <laughs> you just got to yeah, throw it out there and see what sticks. Yep. So I'm starting a uh, – every Wednesday I'll be posting a beginner's fly tying night. That'll be good. Yeah, I saw uh, where you got that rolling last week. That's that's awesome. Yeah, Yeah. so that's going to be – I'm still going to be figuring out the format here soon. Um, I think I might record the episode and then post it and then have like a Q&A that night. Okay. So, yeah. So now, do what? Will you will you still be doing like your um like your Monday night fly tying stuff? Oh, with the guys. Oh yeah. Where where you go live on your on your Instagram? Yep. Yep. And I'll still be going live for the beginner fly tying. So, like I said, I'll post the video of the pattern. It'll be a quick, you know, eight ten minute video, and then eight o'clock on Wednesdays from eight to nine, we'll do a Q and A. You know, talk about technique and the fly that i posted and stuff like that so yeah i think that's and the so, format I'm gonna get to. 
for all you listeners out there, you know, if, if you haven't been able to pick up on it yet from from the first episode we did with Bailey and, and this one, he really does have a he has a passion for for educating and, and enabling you to to be able to go out and enjoy fly fishing and you know how to do it right so that where you know people like me that know nothing about it i mean i've jumped in a few of the um you know your your live stuff on mondays and i don't always know what you're talking about but like it's really cool seeing the process and you know yep. just in in the conversations that you have with the guys i'm able to pick up stuff to where yep. the next time the next time i get in or when i see you posting stuff on your socials i mean it, it at least at least i know what it is i may not know how to how to go out and use it Right. But, you know, you know, I pick up little tidbits every time I go on and then I'm imagining, you know, the the beginner fly time thing you're doing on Wednesdays is going to be more, you know, tailored to the people like me that, yep. um, you know, that, that don't have that knowledge and that experience and that background in it to where, you know, you can kind of build that foundation and, and learn on it and, you know, go right. out in the field and use so, it. Yeah. So to add on to that, um, it'll probably be after the holidays. Uh, just because there is going to be people that are getting their first fly tying kit and all this stuff, or, you know, they might have a gift card to go buy stuff. So I'm probably going to drop it January 1st ish, depending on the day of the week. Um, I'm going to be doing a, it's going to be in that beginner fly tying series. I think it's going to be a little bit of a branch, um, but like a materials list to start. If you want to get into it, if you have that gift card or you want to just get into it, um, then, or I might start earlier with the holidays coming up. I don't know. I got to decide, but you know, I'm going to give you a materials list. If you want to tie a pheasant tail nymph, here's your material list. If you want to tie a woolly bugger, here's your materials list. And I'm going to go through and show you how to tie each one of those. So I'll probably do 10 patterns. They're just should be on every beginner's list. So, so you That's can awesome. spread that technique out and yeah. Yeah, that's it's that's made kind me of the goal the education. Yeah, man, and nothing so, else. Just watching y'all have fun. You know, the community you have there around tying. It's made yeah. me want to. It's made me kind of want to start dabbling in like tying my own jigs and stuff for bass fishing. Just to just to be able to sit down and tie it. The closest thing I have to it is, you know, in the winter time, I'll mess around with like painting some crankbaits and jerk baits yep. and and stuff like that. But. um you know, seeing y'all with the with the vices and all that, it's made me want to at least explore the option and maybe start, you know, working, playing with my own little color patterns and stuff, and tying my own jigs, and, you know, tying my own well, skirts and stuff on. But some, no, it's really cool. It's really cool what y'all do. So I know you're only a couple hours away from where I live now. Like, you know, I live up in the mountains now, but um, I'm finalizing a fly tying night every Thursday there in Waynesville, North Carolina. So once okay. we get it finalized with the brewery that we're going to be having it at, then it's going to be every Thursday, six to nine o'clock, you know, thirsty Thursday, fly time night. I will definitely come to brewery, tie fly, do whatever you want. I'll make a two hour trip to come drink a beer and tie flies with you. That's what I'm saying. So, but yeah, once I finalize it again, that'll be posted on the socials. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's all kind of steamrolling in a good way. That's awesome, man. That's, That's awesome. So how much right now going into like the, the cold weather, does your, does your garden, does it slow down? Does it stay the same? Oh, it's damn near stopped. Really? Especially through the, the, um, fly shop. Cause we have over 10, 10 guys, 
you know, and even though I own my own company and I guide through that company and everything else, um, I'm, I'm the bottom man on the totem pole, which is fine. You know, I understand how this works. And so, you know, all your, your long-term guides and your full-timers are going to get the trips first, which is, again, that's fine. They got to eat, you know, thankfully I have this company to help me out, <clears throat> but, um, I probably won't guide unless I get one through my company. I won't guide the month of November probably. Yeah. So December probably won't. Well, December, I think I have, I think there's like six or eight trips for December just to get some winter brook trout fishing. So December and January total, I think it's like 15 trips right now. I guess with why I was, why I was asking that is, does like going into these winter months, does that create more time for you to be able to, to tie more and and, and stock up for, for the rest of the year? Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, but you know, that's when winter times, when you have a good chance going out and catching just a slab of a fish. So we still actually, you know, a lot of the guys, a lot of the guys that are in the industry, especially the winter months is when we can go out and have fun, you know, because you're booked so much through the summer and well, spring, summer and fall that, you know, when it's 10 degrees outside and the wind's going 20 miles an hour, when no one wants to be on the water, that's when we're like, all right, let's do this. You know, let's go chase these big browns with a streamer. And so that's kind of the same for me, you know, other than having to like bundle up in the morning you know, mm-hmm. running, running down the lake. Like I, I love wintertime fishing because oh, if, no, if for no other reason, the only other people on the lake are fishermen. Like, you know, the, the pleasure boats are part, the jet skis are part. Just, there's no idiots on the lake. You can just focus on fishing. Yeah, it's great. But it, I mean, yeah. with, with when our season takes off, it forces you to have to go out you know, in the winter months, because like my first tournament for 24 is January 27th. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be cold. And what's cool about the way like bass pattern, um, in the winter time, it's like, once you find them, like they don't move a whole lot, you know, no. they'll get some, they'll get some bait corralled up in a pocket. And like, until that bait ball is gone, like you can go find fish and, you know, go milk off that hole for, for several weeks. So, you yeah. know, it, it, it's a good opportunity. Like people don't realize that like, fishing is really really good in the winter time for bass fishing anyway and you know you gotta you know gotta face some of the elements sometimes but you can go out and you can catch you can catch some awesome fish because you know it's it's cold yet you know our minds aren't necessarily thinking you know the spawn that we know is coming in the springtime but these fish like they're feeding up you know this this is when they're getting they're getting huge they're getting fat you know they're like hey in march april we gotta get this stuff going so yeah, it's, uh, it's it, the fishing. What I like about the winter is it's a lot more technical when it comes to trout. Yeah. It is a lot more technical and you really got to focus on your technique on choosing your pattern. You know, it's, you're not going to go out and have a 50 fish day like you would in the middle of the summertime, you know? Right. You're going to go out, you're going to catch maybe 10 fish and you're going to work your ass off for it. And that's what I like about it is you have to be technically very strong to fish in the wintertime. So if it was me, like, honestly, if I was a client, that's when I would be booking trips because the fishing is harder. Like you have a very good chance of going out knowing you're going to get skunk. Right. Like I don't, I don't leave the house in the wintertime saying, man, I can't wait to catch these 10 24 inch brown trout 
It's like, all right, I just want one. Just give me one. That's what I've always said that the reason they start like tournament season in the winter time is because they they know that if they put it in the middle or at the end that none of us would show up. Yeah. But they have to they have to put it at the very beginning when we're like, you know, gung ho, adrenaline's high, like we're ready to get the season started and we just don't give yeah. we don't have a care in the world of what the weather and the conditions are. It's just, you know, tournament season's back, we're ready to go. Yeah. And then just you get in the you get in the lake and everything's frozen and it's just I think that's the only reason I can think of why why we would have to start the season in the winter because it's the only time they would get us to go. <laughs> yep, it's just it's just dangling that prize and dangling that meat yeah. in front of you. Mm-hmm. It's like I'm oh. thinking, you know, when when we took off this past January, January twenty three, like I remember I remember it being twenty seven degrees at blast off. So twenty seven degrees and then you add, you know, 70 miles an hour running across yep. the lake. Like it just, especially right now coming off of like warm weather, that just sounds like torture. But then like thinking back to the tournament, it's like, I don't even remember being cold. <laughs> yep. Like I was just, I was just so fired up that it was finally, you know, the new season was here that we were off and rolling again. And, yep. you know, everybody, everybody's got those high expectations of, you know, what, how they're going to do that year and stuff. And you're just, all you care about is getting to that first spot and, and get, yeah. get rolling with it. And I know, it'll be like, the same this year. Like right, right now I dread it because like this morning, whenever I got in my truck, it was about 4 AM and it was, I think my truck read 28 this morning. And I just remember thinking that was the most miserable walk to my truck, not like doing anything, just walking out my front door and walking to my truck. It was absolutely miserable. And then I was, I was going down the road and that was, that was my thought. It was like, man, this is, this is about the temperature it was, you know, on Kiwi for, for round one. And I'm like, how, why do we think this is fun? (laughs) Well, that's like working in North Dakota for 10 years. You know, it's like, I'm out there swinging a hammer and minus 50 and I'm like, this sucks. And then you get your paycheck and it's just like fishing a tournament. You know, once you're out there, you're like, okay, well, I, I can deal with this. (laughs) You know, once you once you just put it all aside and realize your 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 why and your how and everything else, you're like, all right, let's do this. Like the other day, yeah. I had a client, and my feet got cold the other day. Then he hooked into a fish, and it was like I didn't even feel that cold on my feet when he hooked into a fish. So, yeah, I know for me, it's like you know, fin- finesse techniques really come into play in the winter time. You know, fish yep. just aren't they're not roaming as much, so. Everybody's got to play with a drop shot. Everybody plays with a shaky head, things like that. But I try to have, I try to mix in, you know, some power fishing techniques throughout the day just to to generate some movement. You know, whether it be like you know some speed cranking with some crank baits, some um, you know swim baits, jerk baits, things like that, just to make me move a little bit. Yeah, because there's nothing worse than just like standing there looking at live scope, watching your bait dangle there, just not moving. And then, you know, you decide to move spots and you go to run back to the console to take off and it just hurts because you're so cold. Yeah. 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 It's uh, one of my favorite memories. Bass fishing was um, we went out on the lake and we were fishing in like a lot shallower than we should have been. There was just a really cool drop off, you know, and everything had moved in place. It was about two o'clock in the afternoon and we let the wind kind of push us into this cove. And I was like, dude, I'm going to try something. And I threw an unweighted fluke just kind of right beside this log that was submerged. And, um, six and a half pounder just 
Oh yeah. And, and the, my buddy was like, dude, that fish should not have been there. I'm like, well, it was. It's one of those resident big girls that just stays up there all year. Uh huh. She doesn't care. She comes out for the afternoon sun and warms up. Mm-hmm. So, you yeah. know, there's speaking of that, you know, that that's give a little nugget here to, to the listeners for, you know, a way to attack a lake. That's kind of my, how I go at these, these wintertime tournaments, right? You know, I'm on blueback heron lakes up here for the most part. So, you know, you can go out and find schools of spotted bass and, you know, good size yeah. stuff in the, in the ditch. But then it's like kind of when I hit a, when I hit a certain threshold of what, what five fish I've got in the box, like I push up shallow and, you know, I, I go uh-huh. on, you know, certain transitions that, that I know are prevalent for, you know, bass that want to kind of start having that inclination to go in shallow. It's typically the first wave of big ones that go up and dude, yep. I'm throwing seven to nine inch, you know, huge swim baits to where oh, yeah. I mean, I may only get one more bite the rest of the day, but it's a one bite that could be, you know, a $5,000 fish. If right. I, you know, if I catch it, you know, that big kicker. So that's where, you know, nobody, not a lot of people throw or even have confidence to throw big bays any time of the year, but much less in the, in the winter time. Oh, yeah. Um, but so that's yeah. where now I, I, there, there's things inside of that, that we could have a whole nother podcast episode up uh, about, about how I, how I do that. But I mean, I utilize those big baits shallow just to try to catch that one big, big large mouth. that's already pushing up there thinking about the spawn because like the first lake we're going to, it's a power plant lake. That water oh. is going to be, you know, that water, even in 27 degree weather, like there's places in there that was pushing 60 degree water temp. Like yep. those, fi- those fish are thinking about spawning in January. So you've already oh, yeah. got wa- you've already got waves of them that are up, up shallow. And that's, that's one thing that I do, um, you know, to try to separate myself is utilizing those big baits up shallow. Yeah. So yeah, that's, you- that's kind of the thing with the wintertime trout fishing, you know, with a streamer. So start with the meat, man, throw a big ass articulated streamer, see what moves. Yeah. Cause you know, they'll get in that mode of, and now granted the water stays a lot colder up there yes trout or cold water fish yada yada yeah we can talk about spawn and all that but um you know it can be dead winter and you're throwing a six inch um you know peanut envy or sex dungeon or whatever it might be and you just strip it strip it and all of a sudden you see this yellow flash in the water and you're like all right this is what we're doing you know you sit there for five or ten minutes let it get reset throw it again pop 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 so that's that's what i love about it about the winter time and talk you know one more little thing about the big baits that's i'll throw more i'll throw like a glide bait and you know big you know like a huddleston style swim bait a lot yep. during practice during practice um because you know i don't necessarily want to hook them all right but i could go through i can go through an area maybe a certain a brush pile a dock whatever it may be and i can i can pull whatever's on that dock off because they're going to follow you know a big chad shad or you know, yep. the Huddleston or whatever. And I can know kind of what caliber of fish is living in there. And then I can go back and, you know, maybe they do want to bite it the next day, but maybe they don't. But then I can go, you know, skip a jig up under that dock or, yep. you know, throw a shaky head into that lay down or whatever it may be, you know, a more high percentage uh-huh. bait. Just because I know, I was like, well, I know there's a seven pounder in there because I saw it. Yep. You know, th- things that I never would have seen if I didn't use, you know, something big and bulky to, to try to pull them out. So 
You know, right. there, there's there's instances to where you using the right bait, you may not catch the fish on it, but it can tell you so much about an area. You know, you, you can find out what's living there just by being able to to draw them out. Yeah, it's just like when I take a client out. You know, that first 20 minutes, 30 minutes, I'm going to throw what I know usually works in the morning. If it doesn't work, we're going to prospect. Let's go down the line. Let's see what's pushing these fish around. Yeah. You know, it might not be what I've, I, I might not have used that bait or that lure or, you know, fly or whatever for a month. And for some reason today, it's getting all of them just push around and move. You know, and that's prospecting is one of my favorite things of fishing, whether it's bass, trout, it doesn't matter. Like I love prospecting because you learn so much, you learn so much. And most of the time you're not expecting to get those big hits. You're, yeah. you're literally just there trying to move those fish around just to get them to move. And you'll see that five pounder coming after you. But then all of a sudden that eight pounder comes up from the deep and you just see a mouth around, you know, your jerk bait or whatever. And it's like, mm -hmm. Oh shit, this is happening. <laughs> and that's it. It's game on. You know, it's, just, yeah. it's so unpredictable prospecting and that's what i love about it it's like gambling man it is like a gamble on the water well hell that's like what tournament fishing is in general right <laughs> it's fun it's fun man yeah. it's like i said I'm, I'm really pushing to go on the education side of things um i love time flies i'm still gonna always do it but i really want to gear more towards that education yeah that's awesome man yeah yeah you you, you got a really good platform for it too right you know you got you know, got consistent guys that are getting on there and, and contributing to it as well as just generating good conversation to where, right. you know, it's, it's not scripted. It's authentic. That's what I really enjoyed about it because every time I've ever logged into any of your stuff, like, hell, you don't know what you're going to hear. I mean, even if I didn't know what I was going to hear, I wouldn't, I wouldn't know what it was anyway, but you can just tell it's, yeah. you know, that there's a wealth of knowledge in front of some microphones and cameras and, yeah. you know, if, if you're trying to learn about fly fishing or, you know, tying flies or what it may be like, that's, that's the way to do it. Like just get in okay. there because, because what's going to come out of it is it's, you're not going to find it in a book somewhere. Well, you may, I don't know, but just the way y'all are interacting with it, it's real. Like you can, you can see it in person, what you're working on and talking through it. And uh, well, that's one thing I've really enjoyed about it. And that's what I love about it is, you know, we might be talking about some crazy off the wall shit and yeah. someone will ask in the feed, they're like, Hey, you know, can someone explain to me this? And it's so funny because we'll go from laughing and carrying on and talking about whatever to, all right, what was your question again? Cool. Yeah. And then we all give our opinion on it. You know, yeah, we you have get, two you get multiple perspectives of it. Yep. Yep. We have two saltwater fishermen, two trout fishermen, and it, it's just such a great dichotomy that. You know, we all bring something to the table, but none of us take it serious. Yeah. Like, we're just dudes. That's it, man. We're dudes just having a good time. Time flies, shooting the shit. And that's how we always want to keep it. Like, we had talked about doing, like, an actual uh, sit down and get together and all that. And um, I'm like, well, let's do that. But let's not make it formal. Like, I don't want it to be, like, scripted or formal or anything. Like, if we ever, all of us meet in person... We're going to record and it's exactly what y'all see online is how it's going to be exactly in person. <laughs> like, so that's, that's what I, I just, I, like I said, the education, the just, I love seeing people learn, man. I was a camp counselor and seeing that spark when someone learned something, that's what I'm like, 
that. That's why I do it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a cool feeling for sure. Yeah. Well, hey, I got a little uh, a little side question for you here. I know last time we, we, we hit you with the, you know, telling us your favorite fishing story and all that. Yep. But, you know, if for everybody that tuned into our last episode, you know, we had a lot of fun with that one. It was um, talking about, um, you know, things that you have to have with you to take fishing that have absolutely nothing to do with fishing. So what's something that you can't go fishing without but it has absolutely nothing to do with fishing. So I can't go, well, I say I can't go anywhere and I don't have it with me right now. But if I'm on like an adventure or something, when I was a camp counselor, one of these little campers, she came up and she bought this pillow pet at camp. I named him Gregory. And she came up, she was like, Bailey, you go on a lot of really fun adventures and I want you to have Gregory so he can go on adventures with you. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. And I take that pillow pet everywhere, everywhere. Okay. Like he's back. You know, he's, I'm at my parents right now at the time of this recording, just visiting. And, um, he's up at my house up in the mountains. And when I leave to go to Maryland for this next week, Gregory's going to be right there with me. He's in my, so I have the Umqua, I think it's the ZR2. It's a chest pack with a little pack on the back of it. And how I have him in there is it's zipped up and his head's poking out of the pack. Like every day that I'm on the water, Gregory is on the water. That's awesome. You know, if I'm on an adventure, that's where Gregory's at. And it, again, has nothing to do with fishing. I just made a promise that I would take him on adventures and that's what I do. So do so, you ever, you know, like send pictures back of, of what Gregory's doing and, and things I, like that just to... I, man, I have pictures from all over the country, and I have enough that I could easily start an Instagram for Gregory. <laughs> and you I've should. Really, I've really thought about it. I think I'm going to. Um, I think I'm going to focus a lot more on taking a lot more pictures of him this, this winter. But, yeah, he's missing an ear. I mean, dude, this thing's... it was. I got him in 2000... 2016. Wow. So, and he's gone everywhere with me since 2016. Did that be so much more entertaining than these people that like make an Instagram page for their like little foo foo dog and stuff like that? Right. Yep. That would be I can, cool. I mean, I can throw him up in the air. You know what I mean? I can do all this stuff with it. It's like, that's Gregory. That's my dude. And, uh, my clients get a kick out of it, you know? And anytime I'm on a road trip, I put him up on the dash in the, in the Jeep He's just sitting there front and center, just looking out, looking out the road. Everything I see, Gregory gets to see. So next so, next time we have Bailey on, he's gonna he's gonna be able to give us the the social links to to the Gregory Instagram page. Yep, I'll I'll do it. I'll start one because of this. I'll start one for him. <laughs> yep, making things happen over here. Oh yeah, oh yeah. No, I'll, oh. I'll do it. It'll be worth it. It'll be fun. Heck yeah. So well, dude. It's been a blast having you back on. I've enjoyed it. You know, yeah. I feel like, you know, last time after our episode, after we wrapped up, I feel like we talked about so much more cool stuff that could have been a whole nother episode in itself. So, you know, we need to, we need to make sure we have you back on periodically just so that, you know, some of the, the funny stuff we talk about gets, gets recorded. I'm down with um, it, man. Um, we just, we don't have to post our test. We don't, we don't have to do that. <laughs> 
<laughs> Dude, that would be that thing. That would go. I can't even say it straight without laughing. That would go viral in about four seconds. Oh my god, dude! But no. Oh, we'll just say oh. that. Uh, so we were running an audio test before we started recording, and we we had a, a scripted line that we were all supposed to stay supposed to say. And Bailey, Bailey kind of went off the reservation. Uh, you know, I have it. I have it on my computer. If I ever need to, you know, <laughs> need to use it against him or nothing, but it was, uh, oh, the clearly, clearly it was great. Yet. We're still laughing about it. Oh my God. Um, but for those just, watching this episode, make sure you go ahead and download the hunt, lift, eat app, join hunt, lift, eat, fish, lift, eat all the socials. I'm in the hunt, lift, eat, uh, app. I think starting next week, I'm going to start posting cross-posting everything from Instagram is going to be on fish lift or hunt lift eat. So I'm going to start a thread. Absolutely. Fly, you know, don't fly outdoors, fly fishing thread, you know? So awesome. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of, a lot of good stuff that gets passed around in there that, uh, you know, it, it's exclusive to our team. So, yep. you know, check out, you know, when you're on, when you're on the socials, check out, you know, fish lift eat official, but then make sure you're also checking out hunt lift eat official and, all of their, you know, we got the podcast page up there for, for the Hunt, Lift, Eat podcast. And then, um, you know, you can head on over to, to huntlifteat.com so you can get a lot more information about the team. But then also be able to go in there and get you some Hunt, Lift, Eat and Fish, Lift, Eat gear. You know, we got some got some the shirts, swag. some hoodies. Get the swag. You can get a sweet flag like what you got, what you see behind me here. Um, but that's the place to find yeah. all that. I need some for my fly tying room. So, yeah, you, and then I gotta figure you, out everything from. I need stonefly outdoors flags. I need flags made. We can uh, we can get that info to you, but then even we, uh, you know, a couple episodes back, we were, I, I had to uh, nonchalantly had some some HLE gear saved me because, you know, we had we had Kobe folks on. We were talking about his brewing company and stuff like that, and I had like a Coors Light over here that I was drinking during it, and so I didn't want to be, a, you know, a douche and pull in a Coors Light while he's sitting here promoting his beer. So, so luckily I was looking on my desk and I had the old the Hunt Lift Eat koozie sitting here. <laughs> so I was able just to nonchalantly slide that on and carry on. Sitting there like, man, I love your beer. Drinking a silver bullet. I love your <laughs> I was trying to drop a few nuggets telling him, you know, that we were, we were needing a beer sponsor for the podcast. There you go. I might have one too. It's awesome. But yeah, man, well, it's been great, uh, great talking to you and look forward to hopping on again. Yeah. So for everybody, we'll reiterate it one more time. Make sure you find, find Bailey on all socials at Stonefly Outdoors. Tune in to his, his Monday night lives and now his beginner fly time stuff on Wednesday nights. And, yep. um, whenever you go out and apply what, what you learned from him, make sure you tag him in it, tag us in it as well. And, um, you know, so that we can, we can follow along with your adventures and everything you're doing so that we can better, better prepare stuff that that's going to benefit you out in the field. Yep. hundred percent. I want to see everybody doing great. Even us if you're too. not doing great, even if you're on the water, and you're getting frustrated, you know, you're like, hey, these are the water conditions. I don't know what is going on. Record those and send them to me. 
you know, I'll, 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 I will directly message you. You know, it's not one of those things. Like I don't have a lot, you know, I think I have, I'm right at 2000 followers. Even if I had 30,000 followers, you know, I'm still, I still go through and look at all my messages, you know? So if you're, if you're struggling on the water and you need help, send me a message, record it and say, look, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I'll do everything I can in my ability to help you out. So. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Bailey, until we have you on again, yeah. thank you for coming on and spending your Absolutely. evening with us. And for all our listeners out there, until next week, keep them lines wet, and we'll catch you on the next cast. See y'all.